This is the Horse Radio Network. This is Episode 70 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Index Fund Advisors, IFA.com. Horsemanship Radio is a part of the family of the Horse Radio Network. And today we have a group of young and talented trainers of horses, and people too, to share why they came from Germany, Brazil, Sweden, and Spain to better understand horses. The future of horses is brighter for it. This is Debbie Lauks, and you're listening to the Horsemanship Radio. Thanks for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the 1st and the 15th of the month, and I have my producer, Coach Jen, with me today. Hi, Jen. Hello, Debbie. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really good. I'm excited about this episode today. How are you doing? I'm doing fabulously. I'm struggling through summer here in Ocala in Central Florida. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah, we're struggling through. It's the heat of the summer, but uh, autumn is not far away. And there you really go. You've got hope. That. Yeah. <laughs> uh, most people don't say that in the middle of July. They're like, "Oh, summer's going so fast." But, <laughs> but uh, so, do you get out? Do you get to go play with Nigel and your horses? Is it too hot to do anything out there? This time of year, it's a little bit haphazard uh, because uh, in the morning, when it's cool, is when the horses in the morning show is live on the air. So obviously, mm-hmm. I'm not riding. So I don't get to ride a whole bunch, but I do go out and play. We go out and we just do groundwork or we go for an adventure walk or we'll go play around in the arena on a long line or something like that just so we get some interaction time so he doesn't forget why I'm around. Yeah, besides <laughs> to feed him. Besides <laughs> to pour, pour food in his feed bowl. Uh, so I right. get to do that quite a bit. Now this morning, oop, there's a thunderstorm. The, this morning uh, we had the Horse Hubbies episode on the show. So okay. we, that's not a live show that is pre-recorded. So I didn't have to sit at my computer and produce. So I got to go out for a ride this morning, first thing, and it was wonderful. Oh, good girl. <laughs> I haven't had a ride in the morning so long. <laughs> oh, I bet that is nice because I bet, you know, that sun coming up and just, uh, it's nice and coolish. Did you ride Nigel? You're riding Nigel. I, ro- I rode Nigel and Nigel got to go out for a walk around the neighborhood. Tra- trail riding is not Nigel's favorite. He's a little bit of a chicken. Yeah. Did he meet up with that little little dog again? The donkey. He's he's got the donkey phobia. And we Oh, it's a donkey that scares him. That's it's right. a donkey that scares him. And we have discovered that he's got he's got a, a bit of a, a a problem in that he wants every horse to be his friend because he's not very confident. He wants every horse should be his friend so he can be feel secure. But he's also afraid of every horse. So that as the horse comes towards him, he's pretty sure the horse is gonna eat him alive. <laughs> He wants to run away from it and go, please, please. If he was a puppy, he would be the puppy that rolled over on his belly. Yeah. That's, that's Nigel. <laughs> on and his back. Yeah. On so his back. Can, that's yeah. what he would do. And submission. Submission. That's right. So we got around our little block here. We went around our little block in our neighborhood. Uh, and he has gotten used to all the horses that live in the various and sundry paddocks in our neighbor's homes to the point now that he can walk past them without having a complete meltdown. And it was interesting because I'm still kind of getting to know Nigel. I don't get to ride him that often. So this process has been kind of slow. We came, we came across a dumpster, you know, the little, um, that, that giant trash can that you put out at the curb that has wheels on the bottom. Mm -hmm. Well, somebody had one, it had tipped over in their front yard. And that was a little intimidating because everybody knows that trash cans eat horses. (laughs) 
Everybody, and they hide things inside. And they hide, they hide really scary, scary things. That's right. So when he got to that and he got a good bead on it, he wanted to stop and freeze, which right. didn't sound like a good idea to me. Because <laughs> I could just, I could just feel bad her. things happen after freezes. Sometimes. Yes, exactly. I've been trying to play over in my head all the stuff I hear at Road to the Horse about you want don't let your horse get sticky. Yeah, and uh, so I thought, oh, this is not so good because you could feel him. He'd froze. You could say, see, his little gears were going in inside of his head, going, <laughs> okay, which way do I bolt? Yeah, <laughs> which direction do I run to? <laughs> so I, I got his attention as quietly as I could. We just did some quiet little circles around nearby, and we're walking down the street, so there's not a lot of room. Um, and got through that, and that was kind of a watershed moment for us in that. I got him to think through a scary spot. Previously, if I was yeah. on his back, I wasn't able to get him to think through a scary spot. I had to dismount and get past it safely, again, because I'm walking on the road, um, mm-hmm. and then get back on. I was able to do it from his back now, and I really do credit it with the playing around that I do when I don't get to ride. Yeah, when you're on the ground. Yeah, good. He's gotten to the point now that he he really does trust me. I walk out in the paddock, and I greet him, and I get onto this, the off side of his site so I can walk away and he'll come with me. And he's really kind of, what do you, what do they call it in the Western world? Hooked on to me. Some people say that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, it's a join up moment. Um, and it, it's been know, very some subtle. Some people say Velcro. I, yeah, I like yeah. Velcro. <laughs> hey, I would love him to be Velcro. He's not quite there yet, but he's, it's a very, very interesting relationship that way because mm-hmm. he's starting to really hook up that way. And it's kind of cool. I never had a horse do that before. <laughs> oh, it's so fun. Yeah, because it really does show the relationship. There's there it's free choice, right? There's it's just, his choice. He can come or go. It. Yeah. And yeah. now it's and it's been a challenge for me because he's a little bit of a putz. He's he's um you know, when I at, when I try to send him away from me, he's very likely to go, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what? I know that look. Yeah. yeah. It's, just, it, it's a soft eye. They're not concerned, but they're like, what? 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 Yeah. Yeah. So actually that brings up a really good point because a lot of people, um, especially I feel, I feel bad for the people who say, but I love my horse and my, my horse loves me. I know he does. He he's in low adrenaline around me. He's comfortable around me. In fact, that's probably the problem. He's so around <laughs> me. I can't get him to move away well, from right, me. Right. And know? I have to be able to move him efficiently and effectively without becoming a threat to him. So exactly. I, I struggle with that a little bit. So so give me some advice and some, and some oh, support okay. here. Well, if you if it's just free choice, I mean, he doesn't have a dually halter on or anything. You're not you're He's not just trained. standing there in the paddock right now. Yeah, exactly. Body language. This is where you get to practice your body language. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you've really been communicating, if you've done a little bit maybe of the dually work too, that helps. You've mm-hmm. already established yeah. what that body language should look like. There's a new series we just put up on uh, working on your horse's manners, ground manners. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and that's a really good – you watch the trainer come in. She's just purchased this horse. His name is Bentley. And Diana's an experienced horse trainer, but not experienced necessarily in what you just described and in these concepts. Um, and Bentley is – without manners. Remember, she inherited this, but mm-hmm. without manners. He's big, he's strong, and he's all over the place. He's ADD out there, you know, and she's, it's escalating. She's got a chain under his chin and, you know, it's escalating. And he might, maybe let's take a little nip here and there and you know the feeling. It's out of control. Oh, yes. Been there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not Nigel, but I'm, I'm explaining this so that people can go there and say, what do you do when you have no control? Exactly. Well, <laughs> whether, and, and he did whether come, he's blinking at you. He did come with a little bit of that. He's a little bit of a putz in that he, 
if we're walking along and he feels a need to take a step left because there's a rock he doesn't want to step on, he doesn't mind bumping into me. Uh, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. So he's got a little of that. This is all really relevant. Keep going. Yeah, good. Okay, <laughs> good. Yeah. So a lot of that is um, it helps you or it, it accelerates it if you do some your dually work where he's watching your body. Like, because remember, if you've got a really good dually lesson going – he doesn't even have to listen to the dually. He's listening to your body language. The dually is only there to remind him. He maybe went one step beyond you and he needs to stay at that shoulder mm-hmm. or, you know, um, that turnaround back up. That's, that's when your eyes go over his rump and you're big and you're square on your shoulders and, uh, you know, that's the backup sign. And then when you avert your eyes and you get smaller and softer, that means he can go forward. So really that dually is just there to reinforce that language you're giving him. So when you've got that really good body language going, you can go out and practice in the field without it having a dually on, you know, and, and you should, and you should, there are times when you can be a friend, but there, but when it's black and white and all business, this is, this is that part. It's hard to be gray, you know? Right. Oh, I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I've been very lucky in that I've never fallen into the, my horse loves me. He's not a human. He's a horse. He can respect me and he can trust me. And you love your horses. And, I, I, you know, I know that. And I, I love my horses because they're a sentient being and I, I yeah. should respect them because they are thus. Um, right. But the fact that he's, he's starting to make this connection because of the way I handle him now, it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it is an effective and efficient and safe way to handle my horse. Loving that. Okay. Doesn't involve any chains, doesn't involve any whips, doesn't involve any, Screaming and yelling and, and being mean yes. to any, anybody. <laughs> Loving that. But I, I totally made the connection now because we do a lot of dually work, the uh, the dually dance. That was yeah. kind of a watershed moment early on is when I got my dually halter and I learned how to use it properly. I could see the light bulb come on in his head going, oh, that's what all that means. But she wanted. <laughs> that's what yeah, she good. wanted. Why didn't you just Perfect. say so? Because I don't think, just by the way the horse acts, I don't think he's ever been handled roughly. I don't think he's ever been exposed to the whips and the chains and the chain over the nose and the yanking just because of the way he behaves. Mm-hmm. Having ex- he having worked with horses my entire life that have mm-hmm. been handled that way. It's like, he doesn't have any of those habits. Uh, mm-hmm. So when I got the knack of that, so now what I have to do is I have to take those body language skills that I use my dually dance and my dually work, and I need to take yeah. it out to the paddock yeah. and use it when there's no halter and lead rope on. Right. Okay, yeah, so and I'm, when you get good gonna, at that, you can even do it with obstacles eventually. Right, yes. And I, just I, your body and yeah, obstacles. Something, and that's something we do a lot of too. We try to do obstacle work because, he, again, a little bit of a putz. He would just as soon knock the rail, that rail that's <laughs> on a, it just bumps right into it. He doesn't care to step on a trip on it. I don't care. I'm not going anywhere. He's not very careful. So I'm trying to teach him to watch yeah. where he's going and be careful. And then you won't step on that stuff because it doesn't <laughs> seem to have occurred to him that he could step over that by changing the length of his stride slightly you know if his stride's three feet and there's a rail in the way he's just going to stand on the rail well (laughs) if you if you shorten that stride a little bit you can miss the rail and i can do that so what i'm going to do if i'm on the right track here i'm going to because i have to do this stuff in baby steps i'm going to put on my dually halter and my leg rope i'm going to go out in the pasture and i'm going to do some dually work and then I'm going to take that lead rope and let it completely slack so there's actually no tension and then i'm going to replicate the same body language because I'm going to have to do it in small steps. He gets it. But if I just take the halter off, I'm not going to replicate the the body language very well. I'm going to have to do it, kind of wean myself off the halter. 
Yeah. I'm going to do it, it that way so that the, the halter's not doing anything, but visually and mentally, I still have yes. it. Yes. Okay. You want to see that smile in the line 100% of the time unless you're correcting. So right. the only time it's tight or your hand is up near it at all, well, I, I, don't, I don't think it's a good idea to have your hand near the chin of the horse anyway. But if, if you've got a smile in the line and he's walking when you walk and mm-hmm. stopping when you stop and even backing up when you turn around and back him up mm-hmm. um, with a, still a smile on the line, 100%er. You get the gold star. It's, you know, you're, you've got your horse listening to you and he's watching you. And, you, you know, so the whole, the whole um, relationship is about respect at that point. He, mm-hmm. he knows that you're not yanking and nigg- dad calls it niggling. Uh, you know, that's mm-hmm. where you're, you're picking on him all the time. Right. Uh, even standing still, if you've got them all squared up, like you're in a halter class, right? You've got them all squared up and you want to back up. You could go get a longer lead and go 10 feet back and, but just put a hand up, put your eyes on his eyes, give him that stance, that full body language mm-hmm. stance saying, stay right there, you know, and back up. And then some people will start playing with their heads like, oh, they got to keep their heads straight. No, no, this isn't a halter class. This is just about the four feet standing still. Because right. remember, we talk about this all the time, that he who controls the feet is controlling the leadership. And, and you know, once about, you've got right? him doing that, yeah, yeah, that's what it's about. And they love that. You know, to, for them, they don't think, ah, oh, you're my boss. But they think you're my, you're my anchor. You're my, you know, you're the one I trust when I'm out so there. You're a little bit of a security blanket. Exactly. And I and I've exactly. noticed that with this horse in particular because he is insecure. And yeah. and it's very interesting because when I first got him, I thought he was going to be herd sour, which is like my worst nightmare because I pretty much ride by myself all the time. Mm, um, yeah. And when I got him, I thought, "Oh boy, he's going to be herd sour because he would whinny and scream and he would run the fence a little bit." When in fact, he just needs the security of other horses. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that is a important for him and b beneficial to us both that he's learning this relationship that he can see me as the same way he would see another horse. If there was another horse standing in the paddock, he would have that same mental outlook as he does with I standing there. Because then when I get on his back and we go out and ride by ourselves, he's going, I'm cool. I've got my anchor here with me. I'm good. I don't have to be freaked out because I'm alone. I'm not fooling myself. It's not because he loves me. (laughs) <laughs> and we're not anthropomorphizing. We're not no. saying he thinks you're a horse. No, uh, you know, but it's he, just the leadership quality. He's he seeing he's seeing that leadership quality yeah. in my presence. In that That's I right. I'm going to control his feet, put him where he needs to be. I'm going to put him where he needs to be, and he's going to be safe there. I'm not going to put him somewhere where he's going to feel any pain. Right. right? So all yep. good stuff. So I'm going to practice my dually, and I'm <laughs> going to mentally wean myself off that lead rope. It doesn't need to be there. Yeah. Eventually, that's true. Well, I mean, you know. Well, I'm going to wean it off. I'm going to get better and better at it so it doesn't need to be there eventually. Because right now, mentally, I'm like, get out of there. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. That's what they're there for. You know, that's that interpretation that dad made in that dually halter is so that there's no pain. There's no force. You're really just communicating what you want that horse to do. So once you've trained them to that um, leading position, once you've trained them to the backup, your body language, it is a transference thing. Yeah. And isn't it so fun to learn this stuff? I mean, that's this is what's so exciting for me is that the people are coming from all over the world to Flag is Up Farms because it doesn't matter if they've been in horses for, you know, seven years or 70 years. A lot of people haven't recognized all these different things that we talk about, you know, on every episode. Um, And they literally 
pilgrimage their way <laughs> to California <laughs> to learn these. But these talented people are taking it back to the world too, and it's fun. I mean, you're going to hear from, from some of them today um, that they've come from all over the world. They speak different languages, and um, it, it, but horses have the same language the world over, and we're we're getting better at it. We haven't figured it all out yet, but they are. They're such good teachers, and they do tell us what makes them comfortable, what makes them uncomfortable. But they do love to learn, too. And uh, just oh, like I, us. I agree with you there. They, horses love, well, all you have to do is watch a couple of bored geldings out in the field, chewing on <laughs> each other's halters, uh, yeah. ch- chasing the, the local dog Live out of the paddock. Ass. They yeah. <laughs> love it. They, they, they want to engage their brains. Absolutely. So I, I too, am very curious to hear what these uh, ladies and gentlemen have to say and all their wonderful different points of view from all over the world. So uh, let's get to it right after this from IFA.com. Hi, I'm Mark Hebner, president of Index Fund Advisors and proud owner of Monty Roberts Willing Partners graduate, He's a Sugar Bear. (laughs) You know, investment portfolios are a lot like horses. You need to find one that best suits you, your temperament and your stage of life. Some people might like an energetic horse and an aggressive investment portfolio, while others are more comfortable with a gentle ride and a more conservative investment portfolio. The trick is to find the one that's right for you. That's what Index Fund Advisors is all about, matching people with portfolios, risk-appropriate, low-cost, and globally diversified investment portfolios. You can find the right portfolio for you by taking the risk capacity survey at ifa.com. That's IFA as an index fund advisors. Or you can call us toll free at 888-643-3133. That's 888-643-3133. Today we have a special group interview and we were able to pin down just for a few moments four of the trainers that are working right now in California, but they certainly have backgrounds all over the world. We have Denise Heinlein uh, from Germany, who is our head instructor at the Monty Roberts International Learning Center in California. And she is now joined by Miguel Lupiano for this summer to help some of the courses. And he is from Miniaturize. It's a state in Brasilia, the capital of Brazil. He's come back several times, now uh, a certified instructor and has an extensive background with horses and horse training down uh, in Brazil, all over Brazil, but especially the Mangalaga Marchador breed in the uh, state of Brasilia. And then we have Claire Cunahan, who is uh, now gone into the internship. She's passed the ex- advanced exams and works heavily in the thoroughbred racing and uh, sales industry, and she's from Donegal in Ireland. And lastly, we have an intern, Cecile Beau Vincente from Spain. Uh, She has Spanish and French roots, uh, lives in Spain currently, and is in love with the concepts of join up and uh, and the wonderful natural horsemanships concepts that she's learning right now. Well, welcome, Denise Heinlein and your group of uh, one instructor and a couple that are on their way, working hard to become instructors. How are you, Denise? Hello, Debbie. I'm fine. Thank you very much. We Thank are you. sitting here and are very excited to share our uh, 
stories with you today. Yeah, I'm really excited that you all got together in a room and took out time in your busy schedules to talk to us a little bit about the horses that are just walking 50 feet from you. You would come across the barns and the school classroom and the round pin, the iconic round pin that you work in. Just to give an idea of where you are, you're at Flagazette Farms in Solvang, California, where the headquarters of the Monty Roberts International Learning Center uh, is head and uh, has existed for 50. Well, the school's only been, what was that, Denise? Uh, 2000, or sorry, 1999, 2000, yeah, something like that? To be uh, like really uh, working well in about 2000, 2001 is when mm-hmm. the first instructors got certified. Very good. That's right. And uh, the farm has been at that location now for 50 years this year, 1966, and this is 2016. So welcome, you guys. Thank you for agreeing to be on this show. And Denise, I wanted to I wanted to share uh, a little bit about what you do there at the school from the perspective of, as the head instructor, you're looking for students to come that have horse experience, I imagine, but how does a student start by finding you, how is it that we have three people in the room that are from, we've got Spain, we've got Ireland represented, and we've got Brazil represented. How does that happen? Well, um, I'm from Germany, so I'm uh, also not really from the States here. So (laughs) uh, in my uh, um, story, it happened that I did find out about Monty. uh, uh, I did see him, I think, in, in... uh, in Germany for a demonstration, and so and actually in that time I wasn't aware that you can uh, become a certified instructor and you can learn Monty's concepts in a school, and it took me quite a few years to actually find out uh, the possibility. So I mean I will be talking about that later a little bit more if you uh, would like to, but um, yeah I mean now with all the social media and so I hope it is easier and internet for the people to find us but uh, still some people are not aware that there is a school existing where actually we are welcoming everybody like from a beginner level to a, a professional horse people who just want to learn about Monty's concept so we are really having a wide variety of different courses here at the learning center. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've got one other certified instructor in there, Miguel Lupiano. Hello, Miguel. Hello, Debbie. How are you? Good. I'm good. Thank you. And it's so good to hear your voice, too. We spent some time this last weekend together at a horse sense and healing clinic. And you said something very funny to me. You've devoted, gosh, how many years have you been studying now the Monty Roberts concepts? When did you first come to the farm? Well, I came to the farm was in February 13, uh, 2013, and I became a certificate uh, instructor uh, last year, 2015, April 2015. So, yeah, in just a couple of short years, you you really pounded it. I mean, English as a second language, obviously, was one thing to overcome, much less learning a new uh, whole set of muscle memories you do come from a horse background though right you were showing yes uh i'm uh, i am a professional since i had 17 years old mm-hmm. but in a different way and uh we learn a lot about horses and all the concepts around the world 
So I knew it, uh, mounted concepts from books and uh, universal online. But uh, in February 2013, I had the opportunity to come here with the first uh, group of Brazilians for mounted special training for Brazilians. And then I, I could uh, see how much uh, the methods works. So uh, I'm deciding that time to become an instructor. Fantastic, and we're glad you, you did. But it was interesting working with the veterans with PTSD this last weekend. Miguel says to me, um, I didn't know that this job will be so much about working with people. I love horses. <laughs> and yet in Brazil, tell us a little bit about some of the youth that you've been working with now. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny <laughs> because uh, every time I say uh, to the people, I, I don't like to work with the people. I, I'm a horse businessman. <laughs> I prefer to work with the horses. But uh, sometimes uh, we have to work with the people because we have to change the mind. We have to change the way they try to work with the horse. If we, can, if we want to change the way they start the horse, they treat the horse, we have to change the people first. And in Brazil, uh, it's the same thing. But with the children and uh, police officers, we start uh, a program last year with uh, the same methods than uh, you have here in Flagstaff Farms, like uh, work, uh, try to build the trust uh, in their self. Mm -hmm. So uh, we start with that and... Uh, Yes, uh, it's a funny thing, and I, now I'm work with more people than uh, with the horses. With it, more people than horses, and fantastic. And how is it working? Well, it's pretty good because we have a very fast uh, uh, results with that, and uh, I, we, I can see those young kids. They learn about how to treat, how to. Uh, trust themselves and with the police officers uh, we start with the horses first then uh, there's another program we try to do something uh, with uh, psychology things mm -hmm. and yeah you've got support system down there uh, some women that had come up for the course as well the money special training um, social social uh, backgrounds education have been a partner with you down there helping out yeah, uh, we have uh, a lot of people help us over there. And mm -hmm. a lot of people came here. Now we have a lot of Brazilians. Uh, they know about uh, Montes' methods and uh, the, the work he does with the, the, the veterans. Mm -hmm. And so uh, now we have a lot of help with the people there. Yeah, it's amazing. And what you've done in just a short amount of time is incredible. And I think you're going to change the way people use horses, look at horses, and look at themselves in Brazil. Am I wrong? Well, I hope so. I we, think so. We work hard and, uh, yeah, I hope that the people... But uh, there is a time now in Brazil, the people looking for something else. So that, I think this is the correct time to change minds and, and change their ways. 
Yeah, I like that. I like that, Miguel. And we so appreciate you for that. And I want to hold you up and honor you for that work, too. And Denise, I wanted you to help me introduce your students that you have there. We've got Claire Conahan and Cecile Beau-Vincente. Tell us a little bit about why they're there right now and studying, and then we'll talk to them. Okay, we have Claire here. She's from Ireland, and she did take the advanced course with us here last year. And is now here to just practice her like horsemanship within Monty's concepts with us here a little bit more in detail that she is uh, starting to get ready for the advanced exam, which is coming up soon. So uh, that's why Claire just spent three months with us here now. And Cecile just arrived, I think, two weeks ago, right? And she is studying marketing equine marketing or marketing equine business in Holland and uh, she approached the farm to see if she can spend some time here and uh, do a like field study for her uh, school. Yeah, that's interesting. So Cecile, let's start with you on that. So you're you're really coming at it from are you doing a dissertation in this kind of information or or something for your your business classes? Well, we have to do a marketing uh, research, and uh, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm just have uh, filled in a questionnaire, which we're gonna put online, and then analyze that. And with the information of that, I hope to get the target group out of there and be able to help uh, these wonderful people over here to uh, with the marketing strategy. Oh, that's brilliant. I love that. And you're so you're from Spain and you're studying in Holland. Is that right? Yeah. Fantastic. And you seem pretty talented with people, too. Actually, you helped us over the, the weekend also with horse and as all of you did with the horse sense and healing program with our veterans. What, what was your impression of that? It was wonderful. I didn't expect it to move that much also in me. Mm. And uh, it was a big gift. Like trust and to see people evolve and change on such amount short amount of time is amazing like i i didn't knew that horses would have that much effect because we work with horses all day so we get kind of used to it but seeing people who don't and really how they can help them psychologically improve them is amazing yeah, so tell us a little bit more about that. What what actually do you think was taking place with these people? What what moved them uh, to be with the horses? I think we all agree with you that horses are a wonderful therapy for all of us, but what did you see in particular that you didn't think you'd see? Well, uh, there were some people who they, they didn't even want to touch the horse, and at the end you could really see how much, affection they had for the for the animal and how much respect they had for the animal and they really like they didn't expect the horse to trust them so when they did like well we call it a join up which is when the horse comes to you and Denise might know more about this mm -hmm. it was really like a special moment and there came like a lot of emotions out of the people which Absolutely. I like to see yeah, yeah, you are so right. There was, there was a pouring of emotion, not just inside of them, but um, they talked about it, didn't they? They, they actually 
were very verbal for people that were not really that willing to talk about the issue of post-traumatic so much. Uh, So I would love to turn to to Claire too, because you're doing something very interesting and I think very smart. So you've come and you've taken your introductory courses, which are um, a couple of weeks long, and now you've passed your intro exams at this point, Claire? Yeah, I passed my intro exams back in August of last year. So then I came here in October to do my advanced course. And And now, oh, sorry, go ahead. And the option came up then, Denise sent out an email to us to say that it was an option now that you could come and spend three months here gaining more experience before taking the exam. So I kind of jumped at the chance to come and do that because I thought it was a really, really good um, thing to do before taking the exam to make sure that you learn the most from the methods and get a better understanding of the horses. And since I come here, you know, with the Mustangs immensely, they show you so much how we desensitize our horses at home to our body language and everything like that. Whereas the Mustangs are a little bit less forgiven when we do the wrong moves. So they teach you so much more that you really, really have to get a good grasp of the concepts. And I find that really, really helpful. Great. Yeah. And and it's difficult uh, in a lot of areas of the earth anymore to find these horses that you have the ability to work with under that controlled uh, environment. And you've got Denise overlooking you and all those are huge advantages, I would think. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because there's only so much, you know, that you can put into a video when you send it in and you're practicing at home and possibly by the time you send in a video, your muscle memory has sort of um, Mm. developed into a bad habit. Whereas when you're here, you can practice in front of Denise and she's able to give you like the one-on-one time whenever she's available. And also from learning from just being watching the other courses helping out and you see other students maybe make mistakes that you might not have noticed before. And, you you know, it helps you to kind of re- go, oh, well, that's something I need to remember that maybe I shouldn't do next time. So mm. it's really good and you learn in so many different ways. Is that like uh, when you stick your hand through the stirrup and you have to provide donuts for everybody? Gosh, I never did <laughs> like that. <laughs> that it's a little, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good girl. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's fun, Denise, that you guys have set up this system of learning in a safe environment, but that with humor, you still um, have a way of reminding people, uh, correcting them so that they don't go home and make big mistakes. Is that right? Yeah, correct. I mean, we try always to, like here in the school, to implement Monty's concept also in our work, how we deal with people. And there, I do agree with Miguel. I also never thought that I'm going to have to deal so much with uh, people, but not with horses. So actually, I took or I take this, uh, took this career on uh, working with horses because I had the tendency to uh, uh, yeah, have a better uh, communication system with the horses and with the people. But that uh, I think hopefully I worked hard on myself, so that changed um, a little bit. So, yes, we are trying to, like, you always have to give consequences, good consequences and uh, also negative consequences for things who are right and wrong. And the things when when people have to either rake our round pen or buy donuts in the school (laughs) is when you uh, endanger yourself or the horse. So, therefore, of course, we have to give consequences too. But 
as we said, we try to keep it um, even the negative positive because it's <laughs> always uh, a learning. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us some of the reasons that you buy uh, donuts for everybody or I love it that the guy in town who sells the donuts knows you all like uh oh what'd you do right when you come to buy donuts yeah that's true uh, he knows whenever you go in and buy a box of donuts he asks if if you are from the Monty Roberts International Learning <laughs> and I love that. well it's all about being safe around horses so um, a huge part about our concept is to stay safe and read the horse's intention and body language so if, for example, you kind of stick or um, your hand through something where the horse, when they react very quickly, could hurt you, that is like a donut offense. Or if you are uh, losing a horse on the farm and the horse could get hurt, this is a donut offense. Because most of the time, things like this happen because we don't read the situation well enough. So if you see that your horse is not ready yet to be taken out, especially because we are having here many times the untouched horses we are working with. So in the advanced course and in the gentling wild horse courses, which uh, we are offering here at the Monty Roberts International Learning Center, we are dealing with untouched horses who have never been halted or led. And of course, we would like to bring them on and on and on each step and each day. Sometimes when we read the horse uh, not correctly and we think that it's ready or, uh, for the next step and we go too quick, and that most of the times are reasons for why uh, students are losing horses on the farm and then uh, um, we are running around and um, catching them again. Uh, and then they have to pay donuts because they made the mistake to uh, not read the horse well. Uh, right. So I have to uh, tell everybody who's listening that we have very slim and trim and, and in good shape people. So they're not eating so many donuts and making so many mistakes. So. So not to worry. I just know that that's one of those things that reminds in a, in a positive way um, things that we do uh, or we're relearning from our old muscle memories too, just even how to tack up a horse. So uh, on, on the Claire uh, moment, she, she's studying and practicing so she can come back and take her final exams. Is that right, Denise? Yes, that's right. Okay. And so so we should point out that the critical thing is she's taken the advanced course. So you know that she is practicing what you have actually taught her. This is not something she's thinks she's practicing for an, uh, a course that she hasn't taken yet, right? Exactly, yeah. So this yeah. is all about uh, our certification courses. So Claire is here now finished the advanced exam, no advanced course, excuse me, to uh, practice for the advanced exam, mm -hmm. which then when she passes the advanced exam, uh, she will be uh, uh, hopefully invited back uh, for the internship program here. And the internship program, you stay with me teaching classes. So it is about that we can uh, find out if Claire is not only good with working horses, but also can transfer uh, transfer this information over uh, uh, to teach it to other people. So which then she will, if she is very good in that, she will become a certified uh, Monty Roberts instructor. Fantastic. Well, Claire, we, we know that you're probably um, treating Denise very well because she does make a lot of these decisions, but also that 
you know, it's an interesting point you bring up that a professional horse person, uh, which I know Claire has done a lot of professional work and we'll get into that. I'd like to talk about that a little bit. Um, but a professional horse person doesn't know that much necessarily about Monty's concept. So you could be an elite trainer and come in there pretty much on the same level as somebody who has taken a course or two and then worked around horses their whole life. Um, as far as the Monty Roberts concepts go, am I right? Um, I'm not sure I understand the way you meant that question. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, that's a, it's really a question for Denise, but I'm thinking that Denise has seen a lot of professional people come through and a lot of uh, completely amateur people come through, but the Monty Roberts concepts is unique enough in the world right now that you could be on the same level in a course. Uh, to learn the, these new concepts that maybe are not being used out there. Yeah, that's correct. So we have like really a wide uh, variety in the horse interested people. So we have uh, professionals, like as you have Miguel over here, he used to be uh, working in the equine industry as a professional. We have other people in here who are maybe trainers for show jumping horses or anything, but they as you said, not necessarily are familiar with Monty concepts. So for them, uh, even if they have a lot of horse experience, they still have to uh, retrain some of uh, the body movements and like muscle memories, which we kind of tend to create. And so it is, yeah, it's not necessarily, um, uh, I don't know how you say that word, mm -hmm. advantage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in other words, people can, it's a leveler when these concepts are, are new enough to people. Um, I like to point that out because you all are very elite um, in the horse world. Uh, but there is another level again in teaching, isn't there, Denise? When you, when you have a, a, a profound uh, ability to teach somebody what you've been able to learn there, that is what makes uh, a Monty Roberts certified instructor uh, go on, right? That this is what you're looking for in somebody, somebody like Miguel, who's been willing to step out of a comfort zone and yourself to work with people and teach. Uh, I, I, I'll put that cap on you and it's harder for you to brag on you, but I will brag on that because I know, I know that that's a concept that teaching anything is another level all over again. And, um, when we're around horses, it's a different world to suddenly be thrown in the world of interacting with people. So what I'd like to do is take a quick break and then we're going to come back. And I'd like to hear about Claire's, uh, work in the thoroughbred, uh, sales yard area. Is that all right? We'll be right back. We all hear about omega-3 and how important it is for your horse's nutrition, but why? Well, simply put, horses were created to get all of their nutrition from live natural grasses. Omega-3 is an essential fat found in many types of live grasses, and it's critical to the horse's health. If they were living on live grasses 24-7, they would be receiving enough omega-3. But in today's world, most horses are fed commercial feed and forage as their primary nutrition, and most of these are lacking in omega-3. That's where Omega Fields comes in. All of Omega Fields' flax-based products provide a balanced, essential profile of Omega-369 and may be helpful in alleviating problems related to skin, coat, hoof, joint, and sand colic. 
One of Omega Field's terrific products is Omega Horse Shine. Omega Horse Shine is an omega-3 stabilized ground flaxseed supplement for horses to help maintain a shiny, healthy coat, strong, solid hooves, and top performance for horses in all life stages. Omega Fields provides the best human-grade, non-GMO ground flax that can help horses with dry, scaly, itchy skin, joint pain and inflammation, poor hoof growth, allergies, and more. Don't just listen to Debbie and I. Alexandra, a customer of Omega Field, says any horse I ever own, I will feed them Omega Horse Shine, and I will recommend it to anyone. You can get your Omega Horse Shine today at OmegaFields.com, or just for our listeners, get 15% off using the coupon code MONTY2015. All one word, it's MONTY2015 for 15% off your next order at OmegaFields.com. That's OmegaFields.com. Well, welcome back. We have Denise Heinlein and we have Miguel Lupiano, both certified instructors, and continuing on with Cecile Bovizente and Claire Conahan as the students at the Monty Roberts International Learning Center. I wanted to continue the conversation a little bit with you, Claire, uh, because you said some interesting things about your background and you work with uh, consigners and in the sales yards preparing horses. And I love the fact that you could take some of these concepts that you're learning in these courses, and we'll talk a little bit about the, the courses that you'll be drawing from, but uh, into that world. That's such a great world for these concepts. Uh, I agree entirely that it's it's a needed uh, talent, your talents and abilities to be taken back to that. But tell us a little bit about what your jobs are to do to prepare horses for those sales and why you think these concepts help with that. Okay, so basically we start with the horses from a young age. We work with weanlings after they've been weaned from their mother and they're being prepped for sales. So basically you need to teach them how to have a halter on for the first time, how to be led, to be groomed, to have their feet lifted for the farrier, all these types of things. And then you want to get them walking to the best of their ability so that they can show how good that they could potentially be as a racehorse. And there's certain things that um, clients will look for. Okay. So then you also need them to be able to stand correctly and with um, a good mind also so that the clients can see that oh, potentially this could be a good racehorse if he's able to keep his mind right through the whole training process. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on then to the yearlings also and it's the same process of getting them used to being handled, walking, things like that, get them ready then for their more handling. So when they to go to the racing yards and have the first saddle and stuff on then at their sort of a bit better fit and prepared. Mm. So with Monty's concepts, um, because the thoroughbreds are quite a highly, they're a hot-blooded animal, they're quite highly strung, so they tend to get a bit more nervous about things a bit sooner than some horses, so then they tend to get understood a lot. Mm -hmm. So I just feel that with Monty's concepts, if you can bring a better way of understanding why the horses are getting upset and what to do about it, that you can get them to adjust to the amount of things that like you, you ask them from such a young age to be able to stand still while there's so many people looking at them and there's so much going on at the sales and things like yeah. that there. That if we can get their minds right, that I think they should go on and be better racehorses for it. 
Mm-hmm. You're, uh, you're basically saying that you're being fairer to the horse in the whole preparation leading up to this pretty nerve-wracking scene, I imagine, at these sales, yeah? Yeah, it is. It's pretty stressful for a lot of them. And, you know, some of them that aren't prepared enough for it, they, do, they don't cope so well at the sale. So I just feel that this would be a better way of preparing them that they can cope better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, some people w- will know, but not everyone, that uh, Monty and Pat Roberts topped the sales for um, decades. I think it was 18 years anyway in the Western United States and, um, and really the world. The, the portal for some of the top racehorses in the world. So I think you're brilliant to have figured that out. And, uh, you know, I don't know why more people don't ask what they did <laughs> to create that great industry. They took yearlings and uh, sold them as two-year-olds in training, you know, getting ready for the track. And that's a really pivotal uh, time from coming out of the fields to having a rider on his back in the, in the warm-up. So, um, I I believe that you are going to get into a niche market that more people uh, could could follow your footsteps. Good for you. And Denise, tell us a little bit about what what that course looks like. What what does it look like to go from hey I I'm thinking about becoming a certified instructor. I love this world of horses and I want to be fairer to them, just like Claire is and all four of you are. What does it look like for that journey to try? to become a certified instructor in the concepts? Well, it starts with our uh, introductory horsemanship course. And uh, this course is basically open for everybody who has an interest in Monty's concepts. So you will learn like how to do join-up, how to long-line a horse, how to use your own uh, body to basically communicate with the horse and how important it is to be aware of your own uh, body movements. And like as Claire already told, uh, like the listeners or everybody is like, for example, our two Mustangs, which we have here, they are so good teachers in showing you how um, like much that means to them, how you learn to uh, um, use your body, the eyes, the shoulders, and they have been gentled here, so they have never been anywhere else handled, only here in the Monty's concepts. And they will teach the students immediately if they had eyes and eyes contact or if they turned the shoulder a little bit in an uh, angle which they were not aware of, but the horse will immediately like react to it. So I think the introductory course is like a good basement of like working with safe horses, but uh, training ourselves to uh, like be aware of what we actually are communicating to the horse and what we ask them to do. And uh, I don't know, maybe I'll ask them what their uh, aha moments were, you know. So mm-hmm. also for me, I've been working uh, with horses since I'm like five years old. I started uh, to learn how to ride. But there were always some things which I wasn't aware of when I started to uh, follow Monty's concepts which uh, just helped me so much more to uh, understand the horses in, in the details. So, Miguel, what was your moment in the introductory course where you said, oh, if I would have known that, I would have like had less um, situations with horses before? Mm. Well, uh, for me, it's hard to understand because 
I came from a traditional uh, country and uh, I had to learn much about how to read the animal. So uh, for me in the intro uh, course, uh, I think it was more difficult to read the animal, to see the animal, the reaction. Even I, I did uh, something very, very uh, small and I saw the, the reaction of the horse. I think that was more difficult for me in in uh, the intercourse. Yeah, and so like what Miguel says there is what we I think the difference between our uh, education and some of the normal like other trainers or uh, places you learn a lot about horses in in other places too. But we uh, here are like I think the difference is that we really want to communicate to the horse. So um, it is very important to realize what the horse tells us that we can react in the right way to the horse so that the horse understands what we want. It's the same when I'm talking English. <laughs> I have to try to make the, like, the best uh, what I can do to let everybody understand, but I'm not really like fluent yet. I'm getting better as much more as I practice. I uh, learn every day a few more words and uh, how to pronounce things that people understand me. But it's still a progress in uh, learning a language. And that's exactly the same what we are teaching here in the school. We are teaching the horse's language. So it's really about us to study every the vocabulary and see how what does it mean if a horse is um, pointing the ears in one direction and then uh, that there is like where the interest is or um, what does it mean if the horse is lifting up the head and starting to press the lips together or if they start to soften uh, it. So there has uh, like the body language of a horse is so extremely um Sensitive. No, not sensitive. I think it's not the right word. There we are again where we have to learn more. <laughs> <laughs> expressive. It's more expressive than you imagine. Mm -hmm. The right one. And um, so the more and more you're lear like learning Monty's concepts, the more you are getting aware of the horse. And basically what we teach is that everything what we ask our horse, it's in our mind. They have no idea. So it's our responsibility to learn as much about the equine psychology and behavior that we can make sure that uh, we try to uh, put it in place so that the horses do understand and we don't have to use any kind of violence or pressure, like a lot of pressure or anything to, uh, to teach the horse to do so because they are willing to uh, follow our lead if we treat them in the right way and if we are able to show them or explain to them what we want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's an international language. All the horses around the world can, uh, they talk the same language and uh, we have to learn and try and practice all this uh, language to be more comfortable with them. Yeah. So. That is uh, like that's the thing what you learn in the basic introductory course, <laughs> and then um, it's about uh, your vocabulary and like how you uh, try to talk to the horses. And then in the advanced course, which is the next step in the certification program, it uh, we ask our students to learn with uh, young horses and untouched horses. 
So because they are just more reactionary and more pure, so they are not so forgiving in uh, when you talk nonsense, you know? <laughs> then they're like, okay, I don't understand you, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Your, um, your accent is too thick for them. Is <laughs> It's exactly. kind of like that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I will let uh, Claire say a few things what she uh, got out of the advanced course, which then was a new thing for everybody. Good. Um, I think the biggest aha moment in the advanced course for me was there was two of the little Mustangs had come in and they were quite difficult. They were quite challenged and they, you know, they really didn't want to or to understand or want to be touched by the people. But when we finally got them around and got them hotter and out in the gentle pen and there was one of them that actually chose to come to me because I was using the right body language and it was so amazing. But I made one tiny mistake in the sense that I put my eyes onto his eyes for a split second and he backed right off and I was like, oh my gosh. It just shows you how... You know, you really have to be aware much more of your body language then and where your eyes go. And even something as simple as bringing your hand up to their face opened instead of closed. Like those tiny little details that can mean so much to them, you know, if you do it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. And what we what we like to teach our students is, of course, we could say, oh, that is like, why would you do so much um you know, be so careful around them because they have to, uh, like, deal with uh, normal people anyway, uh, which I do totally agree to. But at the same time, it is, like, uh, always important to uh, build or create a good fundament, you know. So, mm -hmm. the, the e like, when we uh, um, teach our horses or show our horses in the beginning that we are having a system there so they can trust us. And the more they have good experience, the more they are trusting. And the more they are trusting, the more they cope with things they even are not um, experienced with. So a horse who is really trusting or never had a bad experience is not as flighty and overreactive as a horse who thinks that maybe like the bad experience or some bad handling or anything uh, is coming back to them. So the, like, the more positive you can keep everything, the more relaxed and the more, um, um, well, trying or, I don't know, working together as a team, it seems that the horses uh, are, I don't know, that was like pretty bad yeah. English. No, no, I think we totally understand it. I think the the perfect example that I get asked a lot is, um, but D Denise, I've had my horse for 10 years. I look him in the eye all the time and he loves it and he loves me and, and that doesn't make him go away. I think there's an answer for that in that what you just said is they become comfortable with it because they trust you, but it's really not their language. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you think about police horses, it's not natural for them to jump over fire. Yeah. They get any, they get also desensitized to that, and then they'll do it anyway. So uh, even if yeah, we use all of the funny body language around them, which doesn't mean anything to them, they uh, they just learn to ignore it. So for them, basically, it has no meaning anymore. Yeah. And if you think about most of our domesticated horses are around humans uh, from the day they get born. So they learn 
um, from the earlier stage that um, everything, like the body language around them, has like no impact or input or, mm-hmm. or uh, like that doesn't have any meaning. It means something when we pull on a rope and it means something when we tie them and it means something like they learn all of that. They are very clever in adapting to whatever we want to teach them. And they always look for the release of pressure. So therefore, uh, they, you know, oh, well, that's another subject, so I'm not going to go into that so much. <laughs> but um, so they learn uh, basically to ignore us. But yeah, <laughs> When you are getting back to like making sure that you are stopped to have eyes and eyes contact and you are, you are starting to move your body around them in a way what means like is their natural language or they tend to react to it like um, by instinct. So mm-hmm. if you are going straight at them, looking them in the eye when people try to catch their horse and they wonder why it walks away. That's because uh, this is their natural language. Instead of going in to catch the horse, taking the eyes down and going in an arc towards them, then most of the horses will stand still and wait for the people to go in. And so small little details like this. And I challenge everybody out there who listens to it, who maybe has a horse who's hard to catch, just try that out and then give me a report if you've got uh, any uh, other outcome because it sometimes really is such a little tiny change in your own attitude or body language and the horse is so much happier around you exactly exactly and and i think the f- most fun is the discovery process anyway just just like you were saying that uh, when it happens it's just those aha moments that now you get them um you know horses are fine it's it's us that really need to to adapt if our goal is to, to train them. So um, I, I think you said it all well, you guys. And in English as a second language, um, I thought you did really well. I so appreciate it. Claire, you're the exception because you already speak English, so that doesn't count. <laughs> but I really appreciate I really appreciate you all taking your time out of uh, a crazy day or even a day that you could have been out there riding. I know a couple of you at least were riding this morning and we've taken you away from that. So I do appreciate that. And uh, Denise, I would love to have you back someday to do a module two just on into pressure. I think just into pressure is a concept that um, Claire is going to be working with in the auction ring. And everybody who deals with horses needs to understand that concept to have a better, not only relationship, but training session with their horses too. Would you come back and, and talk about that sometime? Yeah, of course. My pleasure. Okay. But uh, just make one little Please. Yeah. Um, so that if the, the people would be interested to learn anything um, about Monty's concept or even are willing to come to us and take a course, as I said, we have like a wide, um, very wide variety of courses here for beginners, for people who are working with horses. Just uh, when you have your horse and you want to deepen the relationship, you can come and contact us. So um, you can find us on Facebook at the moment and like on the website. So I just wanted to make sure that if we did get somebody interested in all that, they also have the chance to find us. And it is like Monty Roberts International Learning Center or just go on Monty Roberts website and then it's going to help everybody as well. 
Thank you. So we've got the intro course as part of the certification, the advanced course as part of the certification, the exams, of course, and then the internship. But you're also, you've got a Gentling Wild Horses coming up, your second annual, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, I know. I'm looking very much forward to that. So because to work with those uh, wild horses, as Claire said, they are our best teachers in the whole world because Mm -hmm. they really tell us what is working and what is not working and how important it is to have yourself under control, the intention, the breathing. I mean, there's so much what what is going to... um, Oh God! And there we are again. Well, um, yeah, it's so important to uh, like have all those details in mind, and yeah, it's one of my favorite things to do to work with those untouched horses. It's a privilege and an honor, and I hope some people will uh, hear this and take advantage of that because you guys are wonderful teachers. But the horses are the professors, so we know that. <laughs> all right, we will all have you back. But good luck in all your work there. And I know some of you are leaving, and others are coming back. So um, appreciate and take these concepts back to your countries, and know that we we love that you're sharing those across this globe. Thank you. Okay, thank you also. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Whisper the language of the herd. Listen, you don't have to say a word. It's time for Jamie Jennings to fetch an email from Monty Roberts' inbox and share a morsel of Monty's wisdom in a little segment we like to call Ask Monty. Leave this world a better place than mine. The magic in the language. Dear Monty, I have heard you discuss carrying a good pocket knife while working around horses. Can you elaborate on the reasons why it can be helpful? Monty's answer. Knife makers have recently designed a knife that is perfect for the horseman. They tell me it was designed for a professional fisherman. It is made of a type of steel that does not corrode and is equipped with a clip on it so that it sits at the top of your pocket, easily reachable. There are features that allow one to open the knife with one hand. I suggest that every horse person should have one and that they should keep it in the same place all the time. One should practice removing it from the pocket and opening it with one hand. This should become a muscle memory act, which can be done over and over without mishandling. The knife that I use is only about 4 inches, 10 centimeters long, so that it fits easily into the pocket of my jeans. The blade has a ring on the back portion of it, which allows me to grip it with my thumb and index finger. With a learned flick of the wrist, I can open the knife and have it in a position to use within a couple of seconds. For more of these insights into good horsemanship, go to www.montyroberts.com and click on the orange banner that says Get free horse tips. Hi, I'm Monty Roberts, and I'm dedicated to training horses without pain. You can learn to do it, too, on my Equus Online University. Western, English, the beginner, or the advanced rider. It doesn't matter. You can connect with other students online, too, on our forum. And there's a new lesson every week. It's a lifetime of learning for you on my Equus Online University at MontyRoberts.com. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Where in the world is Monty Roberts?
Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged. August 22 now, we have from August 22 to September 2, we have our second annual Gentling Wild Horses course at Flag Us Up Farms in Solvang, California. And then turning right around, we have September 9th, a Horse Sense for Leaders. That's our corporate executive training. And then we have uh, September 10th, we have a, a night of inspiration, and that's where Monty and Pat do a demonstration and then head up to the house for a barbecue and stories around the campfire. It's Woo-hoo. really fun. That sounds yeah. fun. Oh, it's amazing. And then September 24 and 25, we have our Riding with Respect. That's what Join Up looks like in the saddle. You can see more at MontyRoberts.com. His calendar's there. Or you can give a call at 805-688-6288. And for details about today's show, go to horsemanshipradio.com where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. And we love feedback from our listeners. So follow us on Facebook. That's Monty Roberts on Facebook. Or you can tweet Monty Roberts. That's right. He's tweeter. It's Monty underscore Roberts. And get the app for your iPhone or your Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. You can have all of your favorite Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go. The app is free, so download it today. And many thanks to our sponsors, too, IFA.com, Omega Fields, and Monty Roberts University. Be sure to visit the other great shows, too, on the Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com. Until next time, have many happy horse hours.